0: Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message.
1: Over the last eight weeks in our Resilience Series, we have been covering four of our six pillars. Spiritual, physical, professional, and financial. We have two more to go, and uh, this coming Thursday will not be service because of Thanksgiving, but starting next Sunday will be the emotional pillar. But today, in the middle of these eight weeks, and then we have two more pillars to go, we're going to take a timeout. Timeout. Some of you uh, are loving the challenge and say come on let's just keep going let's just keep going bring it on bring on all six pillars and just I mean both barrels just let them fly. Some of you are feeling a bit overwhelmed and saying you know what I'm starting to feel a little inadequate. Um, I may be falling short I'm not sure I've got what it takes and so over the last eight weeks as a family we've been assessing. We've been looking for practical ways. We've been dreaming in our resilient life action plan about what could life look like one year from now. We know there's a journey coming. We all know that. There's a journey in front of us. And are we prepared for the journey? That's why we're taking the time to look at these six pillars and ask ourselves, where are we? Maybe one of the four pillars that we've covered already, maybe it got to you. Maybe one of them was more challenging than the other three. Mine was a professional pillar. Um, For almost four decades, I've been a senior pastor. Three and a half years ago, when we made this transition, um, it was a new season. Was it easy? No. But the professional pillar, when we looked at it, it began to show me in my life some unhealthy patterns that I had developed in my life. How I had turned ministry and had weighted it in ways that was unhealthy. My work became a world of doing more. That I sabotaged myself pretty much with insecurity and overcompensation. I missed the beauty of work as worship And I became a doer instead of beer, being with him. And so today's message, I don't know where you fit into one of those, of the four, maybe one of them is still challenging you. But today's message is Selah in this season. Some of you may pronounce it Selah. Selah in this season. What does the word Selah mean? It's found 74 times in Scripture, 71 times exclusively in the Psalms, and three times in the book of Habakkuk. It's a beautiful and mysterious word that theologians still to this day do not agree on its meaning. But most people believe the word Selah means silence or pause. Some people believe it's a musical term. In fact, there's some thought that what would happen is when you saw the word Selah, you would actually take in a musical form, it would be a a moment of silence and you would actually take that instrument and you would lift it up. And so when I say Selah, I'm asking throughout this time of our time together that you would do that. Just stop, pause, silence. Let me give you an example in the book of Psalms, the third psalm, where David does this. He uses the term Selah. Watch this. He said, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. David just vents. He just lets it all out. But watch after he says the Selah, after that moment of Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. And then he says it again. Selah. Selah, as I was reading through the Psalms and looking at the number of times, it seems that Selah came a pause after you vented and you just kind of let everything out. I mean, just without, unfettered, just let it go and then stop. (sighs) But you, God. And many times as I read through the Psalms, it just seemed like there was a pattern that this mysterious word needs to be brought back in our lives today. Selah in this season. So what is season? We know what that means. There's, the seasons are the consistency of God's reflection of his character and his steadiness. There's always going to be winter, spring, summer, and fall. Ecclesiastes says there will always be times of birth and death. There'll be times of, there'll be times of weeping. There'll be times of joy. There'll be times of love. There'll be times of hate. There'll be times of war. There'll be times of peace. The Bible shows us that experiencing good and bad in our lives, it's like seasons, it's normal. So I have good news for you. Whatever season you're in right now, it will change. And so Selah in this season is for us in this time to stop, pause, and lift our lives to him and say, God, what do you want? My wife and I, Pamela, are in a new season. Um, Yesterday was November the 20th and yesterday we were married 45 years. I know what it is to be a young couple in college. I know what it is to be a young parent with small children. I know what it is to be a stressed parent with teenagers. And I know what it is to watch your teenagers grow up and start looking for someone to marry. We're in a season now that we're empty nesters and we're probably more in love than we've ever been in our lives. Six grandkids, the youngest is named Olivia. We call her Liv. She's just turned four. If I lived near Olivia, I would be broke. (laughs) Olivia has me right here wrapped around her finger poppy can I have that sure babe you can have all of them just load the card up seasons in our lives you can't go back and undo one you have to embrace and I think that's why David said Selah just stop pause what season do you find yourself in today Over the last several weeks, we have excavated. We have actually gone in and peeled off the top layer with these self-assessments. We're allowing ourselves to take a closer look at who am I? Here's one thing I know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a divine archaeologist. He knows how to gently and tenderly go into my life and just pull the pieces One thing I know about seasons also, seasons sometimes come through people, through circumstances, they come through sources that are out of our control. We didn't ask for this season. Thomas Keating in his work, Intimacy with God, said it this way, and maybe this is the way you're feeling about these eight weeks and these four pillars. He says that as we progress toward the center where God actually is waiting for us, we are naturally going to feel that we're getting worse. And and I'm just, I'm not throwing that at you. I'm just saying that if you feel like I'm not really changing just yet, it's because you're getting closer to him and he is the divine archeologist. This warns us that the spiritual journey is not a success story or a career move. It's rather a series of humiliations of the false self. What is it in this season that the divine archaeologist is asking you to just take a pause, take a silah, and ask him, where do you want my life? So I'm going to give you three keys to silah in this season. You're taking notes. The first one is this. One of the helpful pieces of finding silah in this season is seeking. It's that heart of openness and saying, I want to find out. The focus on the pillars have been to help us find the true north, the north star of our life. As believers, it is so easy to sometimes become hidden behind one pillar, and for us believers, many times what we did is we hid behind the spiritual pillar, and these other areas of our lives just seem to be like falling apart. But over the last eight weeks, we've been trying to unpack this and saying, what am I seeking after and what is it that I'm looking for? For generations, explorers and navigators of the sea without electronics and without satellite always had one thing that they knew they could have that was a consistent mark that would always take them the right direction. The North Star. The North Star was the ability to find true north. And in this in this season, when you're seeking, all we're doing is bringing ourselves back in alignment to say, where is that North Star in my life? In our world that is filled with noise and distractions, if there's anything we've ever needed, is that we need to become attuned to the North Star. Where is the true north in my life? Paul told the Roman church, he said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In a world of we living by our phones, I don't know about you, but I get in trouble with my wife by using my phone too much when we're driving. Not not texting, well, okay, God, you know I do that sometimes. But when we're getting ready to go someplace, I will go and I'll, I'll pull out Google Maps and I will say, okay, uh, I'm, and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm putting in the location in my phone. She says, you know how to get there. I said, I know, but I just like to put it in my phone. I said, because, you know, there's a, a crowdsourced app called Waze And then there's Google Maps. And I said, either one of those kind of give us an idea of where we're at and will keep us away from traffic. And she said, you know where you're going. I said, I know, but it helps. And so I'll I'll write in first. You write in the location. Then you press directions. Then the second thing, it says location. Where are you at? Where are you starting from? And then when you press start, It will give you several alternatives of next steps. I thought it was interesting. Google Maps, I don't know if you know this now, actually has a new feature on it, and it says most fuel efficient. With gas at the price it is now, I'm going to keep opening up my Google Maps for the most fuel efficient route. Pamela, my beautiful wife. (laughs) Around here, we talk about find your people, find your place. You'll hear us say that. But I think more important is we need to find ourselves. Where are we? 1 Corinthians 4 and 20 says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Over the last eight weeks, I hope you've not heard a lot of talk, but you've heard a path to God's power. So the first thing is in Selah is seeking. Where am I going? Where am I at? The second part is actionable steps. When I'm finding Selah in a season of my life, it's me seeking for true north, but then what are the actionable steps to move me from where I am to where I need to be? I'm gonna give you four sub points under this that will help you, that has helped me to begin to find the actionable steps for my life. The first one of this, face reality. Every week on the first week of a pillar, you notice that we ask you to do an assessment that on the second week, we would show you a graph on the screens of where, as a body of believers, that's where we are. If you'll notice, it, was, it, it varied all over the place because in this room, there are people at different levels of life and different seasons of seeking, and they're saying, what are the next actual steps? But we had to face reality. I'm asking you to write this down. This is one that you don't wanna forget. You can't defeat what you don't define. You can't defeat what you don't define. One of the reasons for the assessments has been for us to kind of look at what it is that's reality in our life right now, whether it's in the physical or whether it's in the financial area of our lives or the professional area. Until you can define it, then you don't have the ability to really have actionable steps to defeat it. You can't go where you want to go until you know where you are now. Proverbs 10, 17, people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. We have to face reality. We can't ignore it. We have to face reality. The second part of an actionable step is filter opportunities. One of the things that's going to happen in all of our lives when we start actually stewarding the pillars of our life, there's going to be more opportunities arise. We need a filter that helps us to reorganize and reprioritize our life. I think we all need to come to grips with the fact things in our lives, the pillars in our lives are not going to change overnight. I need to be cautious about managing better opportunities that are coming to me. In the amplified version of Proverbs 3 and 13, it says this, happy, blessed, considered fortunate to be admired is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom and the man who gains understanding and insight, learning from God's word and life's experiences. Actual steps, face reality, filter opportunities, and the third thing is faith to see the future. See, once I start this seeking process of my North Star, of being able to find true north in my life, and once I start saying, okay, this is where I'm at, then what am I starting by faith to see? Ephesians 2 and 10 says that we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has prepared in advance God already has things set up for us but am I taking the actionable steps to see the future sometimes this is referred to as pull power what is pulling you into the future what is it that's enticing you forward what is your faith seeing in this season of your life In the book of James chapter 2, I love the way James, I love this message translation for sure. He says this, do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you've done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that, but what good does it do to them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? What are you seeing? What is the faith, the pull power pulling you in the future? And and, and here's a, a tough one. I want to ask you a question. If you could choose to write your future what would you put in it just unicorns and roses or would you put challenges setbacks losses living in the unknown right now i'm experiencing sea law in this season of my life with an actionable step of being pulled into the future faith for the future in March of 2019, I had an MRI done, and it wasn't even looking at my throat area, but they found multiple tumors on my thyroid. March 2019. I thought my doctor said, and maybe it was my selective hearing, we need to get that looked into, and he wrote an order for, a, for biopsies on tumors on my thyroid I he used the term fine needle aspiration well I thought well that doesn't sound like it's very important we all know what happened in 2020 everything stopped in the area of selective areas of medical and so I just kind of let it go again well this year I went to apply for uh, life insurance and I mean I'm in great health I don't take any medications I work out consistently uh, my blood pressure's great, sugar level, glucose levels are fine, and I got denied life insurance. And I said, wait a minute, I've had life insurance, premium rate because of my health. They said, well, we're denying you. I said, for what? Those tumors that they found in March of 2019. I said, I thought my doctor said that was a, you could do that if you wanted to. I texted my doctor and I said, hey, what's the deal with this thing with the tumors? He said, you didn't get that done? I said, no. He said, Go get it done. So I went and got it done. And I had a biopsy done back in the summer and they found multiple tumors and the one here on the left side is now about six centimeters. It's about two and a half inches. It stretches from here all the way up to here. And just recently when we we're with an endocrine surgeon, I'm laying on the table like this. My wife is standing right here and two doctors are here and they're doing a, an ultrasound on my neck, pushing the end of my throat. And she said, now watch when your husband swallows the tumor is now pressing against esophagus. I thought, no, I've got the thing the size of a fist stuck in my throat. You would be seeing your esophagus move right now. She said, let me just say this. It needs to come out. Of course, when you do a biopsy, the C word comes up. Now, it's not real helpful when they tell you, look, if you're going to get cancer, this is probably the best one to have that's really not the kind of language you want to use. But I thought, okay, let's see what this looks like. So we did the biopsies and they all came back benign. Then we met with the surgeon. She said, this one, it does not grow fast, but it started to impede the area around your throat. And, And so what I do for a living, I speak for a living and right behind this area where this is at, there's what's called the recurrent laryngeal nerve. It's the size of three pieces of dental floss. And if it gets cut, my speaking ability could be taken away. law. in this season. Would I have thrown that into my life plan? Would I have, if I could script my life, would I have put that in there? I will tell you that right now, I'm at such peace. Why? Because I believe I'm starting to learn to stop and pause and know that this season I'm in, there's something still propelling me and drawing me into the future. So we've got in this actionable steps, we've got face reality, you've got to filter opportunities, you've got to have faith to see the future. But let me give you the last one. Focus on the why. Why? Focus on the why. For eight weeks, we've looked at these pillars. And, and if you notice, we've been trying to bring a focus for all of us to the why. We lose our way when we lose our why. We lose our way when we lose our why. See so what do you mean? We get caught in the trap of doing. We lose the why, and so we just do more and think, of well, if I do more, it'll help me feel better, and if I could just do this, it'll make... And we forget to be, to become the best being that God has called me to be. Where's the why? How do we keep a focus on the Why? In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, we do this, and I think this was probably written to help us to keep our focus on the why. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Did you notice not one time during any of the assessments did we ask you, uh, judge yourself against your neighbor right now and just see how they're doing? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The why? The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him. Let me just pause. Sila. Because of the joy. What was the joy for Jesus on the cross? The salvation of you and me and the adoption into his family who for the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne we all have good intentions about life but when we lose our why then our intentions are never enough and so we see lot in the moment and say god i don't want to lose the why that you're calling me to a higher level. You're calling me to be the man that you've asked me to be, to become the woman that you've asked me to be, to become the senior, the young couple, the new couple with the baby, whatever it may be, God's asking you, don't lose your why. Keep your eyes focused. Remember I said that the instrument many times would be taken, they would do a musical pause at Selah and they would take the instrument and lift it up before the Lord. Could this be a moment that what we're doing is just stopping our lives and just saying, God, here's my life? You can't give what you don't have. The who you are now is the who that you're giving to others and what we do is important but who we are is more important i am a child of god he's the why in my life thus keeping my eyes on him the champion who initiates and perfects our faith is an ongoing reminder of the why. Jesus gave his life. And so I'm going to assess my pillars. I'm going to find the practical ways to grow in. And I'm going to begin to say, God, I want my life action plan to reflect to what you want for me. That one year from now, God, I want what you want in my life. That's the why. Jesus, the champion, has done the work already for you by giving his life for you. Jesus freely gave his life. They didn't take his life, he gave his life. And to help us remember that, I want you to take out the elements of communion. And we're gonna see law right here in the middle of this message, and if you need the elements, just raise your hand, they'll come right by. We don't wanna lose our way by losing our why. The pillars are more about Jesus coming into us and being a deeper part of us. If you peel back the top layer and take out the bread. I've heard Preston say many times, it's the most expensive meal that you'll ever take in your life. As I hold the bread in my hands, I realize that he gave his body. The bread represents the body of the Lord Jesus that was broken for me. Would you receive the bread? If you peel back the next layer, As I look in the cup, I realize the authority, the power, the cleansing, the healing, the redemption that was purchased by the blood of Jesus. Selah. Lord, I choose not to look at my failures, my faults, my shame, and my guilt. But in this moment, I look into the cup to remind me of your blood that was poured out for me and I honor you I worship you I love you would you receive the cup on the end of your Row, there will be a um, small receptacle. You can drop it in there. Didn't feel good just to see law for a moment. Remember where our help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. So we talked about seeking. We've talked about actionable steps. Let me give you the last one. We have to seek actionable steps. But the third thing is, who are you allowing in? Who are you allowing into your life? I'm gonna give you two entities that we need to be allowing into our lives in Selah. The first is the Holy Spirit. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit into my life to direct and speak. That's a posture like this. This takes humility to allow the Holy Spirit to overcome my will, my way, my heart, my thoughts. Lord, I want to be submitted to you. Holy Spirit, direct my life. I'm gonna make a statement. I want you just to think about it, and that's this. The Holy Spirit can leak. You said, is that theologically correct? The Holy Spirit can leak. God doesn't go anywhere, but my will, my way, presses him out and elevates me inside. So when I say that, who am I allowing in? As we're looking at these six pillars, am I allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me? David said it in Psalm 139. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. One of the reasons that we are taking time on the pillars is because the pillars, these six pillars preserve the power. When I begin to come into alignment with the six pillars in my life, it preserves God's power so it doesn't leak because of my will. It flourishes because it's being preserved by my obedience. Where is the North Star in your life, the Holy Spirit? Where is it at? The first, I think, in this who am I allowing in? I've got to invite the Holy Spirit back into my life and lead on lead on, lead on, take me, direct me, show me the parameters, show me the barriers, show me the guardrails of my life, Holy Spirit. But then the second entity we need to allow in is others. Who are the builders in your life right now? The lifters, the defenders, the encouragers. Who are the people that you're allowing in in this season? Who are the people that are calling out the greatness that's in you? And are you allowing them in? Are you saying, I'm just not doing good in that area. That pillar's kind of like crumbling and I don't want anybody to know about that and so I'm gonna just mask it and hide it. No, 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 no. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come in and then put people in my life that will help me. Ecclesiastes 4 9 says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Do you have those people in your life? But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. If God has placed you in this house, can I encourage you, just lean in. Don't don't be on the bystander. Lean in. Find the connection. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Find the people in your life that you're going to allow in. Embrace the values of this house that are on our wall. Don't just come here. Be here. It's on our wall right now. Don't just come here. Be here. When you look at our wall, and we talked about romance, and you say, I've never had a church talk about romance. This is who we are. Lean into it. You hear us talk about intimacy. Not religion. This is your house. Allow the Holy Spirit direct you to where your next steps are and allow the right people to come into your life find the connections that you need in your life as a parent and as a grandparent over the years our kids at times when they were real small they would start at night put into bed and you'd hear them yell out dad mom i'm scared when our little girls were five and three, we moved to New York and we were living in a home that they had never, we, we moved from the Midwest and we're now living in New York. And it was a scary place for us as parents, nonetheless, for our little girls. I'll never forget, they would yell out, Dad, Dad, come, please. Could you just turn the light on? Just, can you leave a light on, Dad? And one of the things I realized that, Kids are not afraid of the dark. They're more afraid of what they can't see that's in the dark. And all they want is someone they trust to come into the room and let a safe person come where they are and be there with them. The way to parent in moments like that is Stop, Selah, take a moment and just be present. As we're going through this season of Selah and this season and going through these pillars, have you allowed God to be that safe person to maybe come into the darkness that you're feeling in your life? David said, the Lord is close to all those who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help, and he rescues them. In these next few moments, here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to ask you that I've spent the last moments walking through what it means to see Selah in this season. And one of the things that you hear us talk about around here is it's, you have to do the work not just words but do the work and the team's going to come back and the song that we sang breathe this is the air i breathe i'm going to ask you for the next few moments to see La in this season it may by it may be sitting it may be by standing it may be It may be by kneeling. How is it that you can come before God? I'm seeking. I'm looking for that actionable step. And I want you in. I want you in. I'm going to ask our altar team to come. These are our friends that will be praying with you, you say, I'm just a little overwhelmed with life right now. And as Kristen leads us, if you're like, look, I'm not sure I can conquer this one by myself. There's some incredible people that are here to pray with you. And if you're not coming this way, can I ask you, right where you are, can you just see La in this season?
0: is my daily breath your very word spoken to me this is the This is This is ir- This is the ir- Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.